1: Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Three preseason games down, one to go. What are we learning about the Orlando Magic? And... Yeah, let's talk about the Magic Spurs game while we're at it. It's time to get Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 11th, 2021. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about the Orlando Magic's 101-100 to loss to the San Antonio Spurs as their first home preseason game officially in the books. What we're seeing from this team, the trouble spots that are already emerging, but also the bright spots that are pretty apparent and evident as well. We'll get into some of these issues coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you, check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network by searching Gravity download podcast for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the San Antonio Spurs after this game? Check out our friends at Lockdown Spurs. Want to look ahead to Wednesday's game against the Boston Celtics? Check out Lockdown Celtics. Plus, don't forget, you have great podcasts across the sports world, the NBA, NFL, NHL, MOB, and college too. No matter who your team is, you can find a podcast for you to search for Lockdown and the team you're looking for, the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. We'd also like to take this time, especially as the NBA season gets set, to thank you for making Lockdown Magic your first listen every day. We're not your first listen? Well, thanks for having us in the rotation, whether you listen once, twice, three times, four times, or all five times every week. We appreciate all of you who listen. Remember, Blocked on Magic is free and available on all podcasting platforms and also on YouTube as well. So, obviously, the final score is what the final score is going to be, and there's there's context involved in that. The Orlando Magic fall to the San Antonio Spurs 101-100. to 100. Uh, and, and what was really an exciting game, uh, the fourth quarter of the Magic uh, erased a fairly large 18 point deficit, um, were able to get themselves back in the game and just showed a lot of grit and determination. Now, granted, yes, this was the Magic starters going up against a Spurs reserve team. Uh, so, yes, you expect the Magic to be able to make some headway and make some inroads on that game, on that team. But still, the way the Magic were able to erase that deficit, the way the Magic were able to climb themselves back into this game. To me, that is still a positive thing. Um, you know, again, like I said, like I've said about the way the Magic played late in the season, like, yes, it deserves context. Yes, it deserves caution. Yes, it deserves warning. But at the same time, it's better that they can do it against weaker competition than they can't do it against weaker competition. So obviously the Magic coming back from a little 1-100 deficit to the Spurs, uh, coming back from an 18-point deficit to make it a 1-point game, to have the ball with a chance to win, um, it, that's a good thing. I, I'm not going to dismiss it entirely. Now, yes, the context matters. We've got other concerns. We'll get to some of those here in a minute. But the Magic were able to fight their way back into this game. And, and you know, I think if you're looking for a few things, for some growth, for uh, what Jamal Mosley wants his team to do, what's he, what he wants his team to be, um, the Magic showed a lot of those things. The Magic showed a, a lot of the things and a lot of the ways that Jamal Mosley wants them to play. Um, when the Magic were at their most successful, they were just—they were playing with such tremendous effort. And that was really what keyed that fourth quarter run. You had Cole Anthony darting into passing lanes, uh, getting getting the huge dunk, but getting a big steal. You had the defense scrambling around. Wendell Carter and Mo Bamba terrorizing players on switches. I mean, dare I say that, that that's what the Magic imagined when they drafted Mo Bamba. Um, his block on Keita Bates-Diop late in the game was one of the more impressive plays of the night um he blocked a three pointer um you know again you don't you don't see that very often but a clutch three pointer in a big moment um was a huge a huge deal for him you could just feel the confidence um kind of flowing and emanating off of bomba as he as he you know as literally really looks comfortable and really looks like he can play a little bit right now um the magic did the things that they had to do um to to get back in the game and Yes, they got Jalen Suggs a little bit of late game reps. Um, it was Suggs who had the ball in his hands for a lot of that of of those late late um, game game moments. Uh, he found Mo Bamba on a nice alley on a nice alley You late that put that brought the Magic within one. Um, he he found he he was really good as a playmaker and distributor as the Magic slowly began to open up the playbook a little bit for him. I've I've kind of suspected they've kept the reins kind of tight on the rookie here in preseason, hoping to kind of, for, for whatever reason, it doesn't seem like Suggs is quite ready to kind of take over games quite yet. But with the game on the line, the ball was in Suggs's hands. Uh, and he got a switch onto Lucas Simonich, which is exactly what he wanted. He kind of backed out to try and go at him again, drove middle, Bryn Forbes was able to knock the ball. I think it was Bryn Forbes. Um, apologies if it wasn't. Um, the uh, The... Uh, and the Spurs were able to knock the ball away, force the jump balls, time expired, and that was that. The Spurs held on for a 101 100 win. So, again, the Magic didn't win the game. They got some late game reps, they got some pressure reps, they upped their intensity. They played with a ton of focus uh, in that fourth quarter. They played a week, weaker competition, um, and they were able to make this an interesting and exciting game, especially for the fans at the Amway Center. And kudos to the Magic. Um, you know, I think it would have been easy You know, for in the preseason. To kind of pack it in and say, you know, that's preseason. We're not going to worry about it. They stuck their, they kept their young players, and they didn't. Terrence, I think Terrence, Terrence Ross played the end of the game. Maybe um, they didn't. They didn't go all out for the win, um, but they did go hard for the win. And I do think that that is uh, good reps for this team at this juncture. Um, Obviously, it's preseason, so I'm not going to go crazy over a result. I'm not going to go crazy over everything, but there are definitely some trouble spots that the Magic need to worry about. Um, well, I think their defense, when it's really locked in, can be can be really engaged. Um, the pressure does expose weaknesses on, all, along the backside. We've, we've kind of known that this was going to be the case. Orlando, especially early on in the game, gave up a ton of threes. Um, they, they're giving up a ton of rebounds, which is a huge issue. Um, I don't think Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter are necessarily the strongest rebounders in the world. They collect rebounds, but they're not the strongest rebounders in the world. And so Orlando's going to have to put uh, you know more effort on getting to the glass and making sure they rebound the ball. And while they're also trying to get out and transition, and that weakens their rebounding. Um, you have to be able to rebound well if you're going to defend the way the Magic are defending, um, because offensive rebounds inevitably lead to three pointers. And, and the Magic's biggest weakness right now. Um, defensively is they're giving up way too many three-pointers, way too many quality three-point looks. And that's obviously a, a huge issue for this team moving forward. It's something that they've got to correct, something that they've got to fix before the regular season opener in a week. The Magic's offense also has a lot of issues still. Um, no doubt about it. The is a team that's trying to figure out how to play together, figuring out these playing combinations. And I don't think the Magic are necessarily playing the playing combinations they're going to play or the rotations they're going to play when the season counts. Um, but, their offense gets stuck in the mud. Um, you know, I think Wendell Carter said it at halftime on Ballet Sports Florida broadcast that they got to play better together. They got to move the ball, and, and I agree with that completely. I felt like the first half, especially uh, when the Magic dug themselves a bit of a hole, they really struggled to get the ball moving. Um, There's a lot of pick and rolls, a lot of just simple one man drives to the basket, not getting anything. Um, not a lot of ball movement. Um, you know, Mosley says play with the pass you've got to be able to move the ball. You've got to be able to kick it inside out. And so that means, you know, not driving too deep. That means not going headlong to the basket. It means playing with control and pace. Um, and then that's another big thing too. The pace is going to be a storyline here. Uh, obviously the Magic want to pick up the pace. They want to play at a faster pace. They want to get into their sets quicker. They want to do all those things that coaches always say they want to do, but you still got to be in control. And I think that's a, a huge thing for young players, especially it's learning how to control pace learning how to control these little things. Um, And and I don't think that the Magic have quite mastered it yet. Um, You know, R.J. Hampton's a great example. We'll get into him here in a little bit. R.J. Hampton, I felt, first half was just all over the place, just going a million miles a second, you know, going headlong to the basket, just not really doing – not that he wasn't unproductive, but not really doing productive things with the time that he had. Uh, And then – you know, and then and then, like as the second half came along, he really slowed things down. He got a couple of nice pick and rolls that that got him downhill to the basket. Um, he was able to play with a lot more control and composure. And, and again, this these are young players. This is stuff you always have to learn. Um, obviously, there's still a lot of experimenting going on, so you don't take everything as gospel. The Magic started Wendell Carter alongside Mo Bamba. That was a playing combination that had a that had a little bit of success, actually. Um, defensively, especially. Um, it did some really nice things. The spacing is certainly still a, an issue. Certainly still an issue, um, and, and I think and I think Bomba said after the game that he and Wendell were still talking about how they can work better together on the offensive end of the floor. So you know, again, the big lesson is there's still a lot of things to learn. There's still a lot of things to clean up. There's still a lot of things to work on. But overall, you know, the magic saw their weaknesses. Um, You know, again, I think that's valuable in the preseason too, to understand what your weaknesses are. So you know how to address them and it's better to address them now than when the games start counting next week. Um, So I think they saw some of those weaknesses. They saw some of those issues that they're going to probably have for a good chunk of the season. Um, But they also saw a lot of things that worked really well. And again, this team played extremely hard. Um, And I, and I would, I would, I would caution that effort should not replace efficiency that, just because you're playing hard, just because you're diving on the floor, just because you're kind of getting after guys, that doesn't mean that that's going to make you successful. Um, But it goes a long way. Teams get annoyed with teams that play with 48-minute efforts. And um, I do think that that's, that's a way the Magic are going to have to play. The Magic are going to have to get after teams. They're going to have to do their best to kind of make other teams uncomfortable Um, is probably the best way to phrase it. Um. Orlando's obviously got a lot of work to do to to clean up kind of the schematics and the X's and O's, but there was still a lot of good from this game. We'll get to that coming up in just a minute, plus a review of the box score. But before we get going on that, let me tell you a little bit about Sleeper. We're, We're now like 10 days away from the NBA season beginning. Not even, less than 10 days away. The Orlando Magic start on October 20th. Uh, The NBA season officially starts October 19th. So your chance to sign up for fantasy basketball is running out, or at least to get a full season of fantasy basketball and is running out. That may not excite a lot of people because fantasy basketball can be a boring and tedious exercise. It is a daily exercise of putting in your, whoever's playing, not even your best players, whoever's playing, and then remembering every day to go back and do that. That's not the sleeper way. That's not the way to play fantasy basketball. That is an old, outdated way of playing fantasy basketball. And frankly, for basketball fans that listen to this podcast, it's not fun. There's no strategy involved. Sleeper has introduced a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count toward their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents and creating a little bit of strategy. You have to figure out, Do I take the big TNT game where the guy is playing a tougher opponent but is more likely to step up to the plate? Or do I grab the guy playing the Houston Rockets or the Detroit Pistons or, yeah, the Orlando Magic, knowing that they'll play a weaker opponent and possibly put up better stats? Sleepers crack the fantasy basketball code. So if you play fantasy football and you prefer building out weekly strategy versus daily busy work, You're going to love Game Picks. Download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. Today's podcast also brought to you by pals at DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch a game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login to make sure that you get the premium movie channels and the new shows they got there. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Let's uh, go over the final box score for the Magic game tonight. A couple of really just fun performances, really, really encouraging stuff coming from the Orlando Magic. Let's start with Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba, 16 points, 10 rebounds, five blocks, six for 10 shooting. Um, this is about as good as we've seen Mo Bamba play. To be to be perfectly frank, just the activity level, um, his ability to to get after rebounds, even like squeezing in for rebounds. I thought he was really good. Um, still some recover, still some improvement to to go with him. Um, but he was really really active, and like I said, this is kind of how we imagine Mo Bamba playing when the Magic drafted him. It's it, again. I think Sam Vecini of The Athletic really pointed out. This is this is what happens when a player, A, has the minutes to play and, B, has a healthy offseason to improve and, yeah, has his health with him too. Um, Bamba definitely looked a little bit tired at some moments, but his conditioning looks a lot better. Um He ended up playing 27 minutes in this game as the Magic ramped up a lot of the minutes for their starters at least to more normal, to so almost normal minutes. I mean, I'm looking at the minute sheet now actually. 26 for Terrence Ross, 30 for Wendell Carter, 27 for Bamba, 27 and a half for Gary Harris, 24 for Jalen Suggs, probably on the light side for him. Cole Anthony at 27, nearly 28. RJ Hampton, 20. Etuan is at 18, but I think he could scale that back um, somewhere too. Um, the magic, the magic, you know, got a lot out of Mo Bamba in, in, in a lot of minutes. And I don't think it's a coincidence that he played so much. He played really, really well. Um, we've seen good things from him this preseason. It's been a, it's been a good preseason for Bo Bamba, and I think he has really entrenched himself in the rotation and opened the door for the Magic to try playing Wendell Carter out at the 4. Wendell Carter played well, too, at the 4. 14.7 rebounds, 6 for 8 shooting. Um, obviously, playing the 4, I think, pulled him away from basket, lowered his rebounding totals a little bit. Um, but Wendell Carter was really the only offensive option early in the game. He's really looked good. Um, he made one of one of his two three-pointers, so he's being really selective and, and, and able to hit that three-point shot. I mean, I don't think it's a weapon that teams are going to respect quite yet. I think they're going to be happy to let him hang around the perimeter and shoot that, but Carter's going to make people pay occasionally for it. Um, and I think that's, that's obviously really, really important, especially if the magic want to use him as a versatile four. Terrence Ross, your leader in scoring at 20 points for the game. He shot seven to 14. Um, Terrence Ross is like one of the guys I'm not worried about. Like I, I like his stats are his stats. Um, I agree with a lot of people. I think Terrence Ross probably fits better off the bench in the long run, but um, I, you know, I'm not opposed to Jamal Mosley trying him out as a starter here in preseason, maybe not even into the regular season. I think there's something to getting your five best players out on the floor. Um, Terrence Ross is one of the five best players on this team. Um, I, I, it, some of it might depend on what, what the Magic end up doing with Chumo Kiki when he returns, but uh, Ter- you know Terrence Ross, I, I don't worry about him. He's a veteran. He knows how to get himself ready for the season, um, so it's good to see him kind of peaking. At this stage, Gary Harris also had a solid game. Eight points, four for eight shooting, two rebounds, four assists, two steals. Um, yeah, one of those was kind of a cherry pick after Jalen Suggs dive on the floor. Um, you know, he had some good fast break opportunities. Harris Harris is doing good things. And again, I'm not so worried about Harris um, getting himself ready for the season. I, I just want to see him be able to make shots to kind of keep himself engaged in the game as well and, and, and kind of see that shot kind of round back into form. Ah, uh, Cole Anthony, eight points, three for nine shooting, five rebounds, five assists. Uh, you know, Cole Anthony, I think took over a scoring in the fourth quarter a little bit more, but he has done a really good job controlling the tempo of the game. Uh, his his ability to kind of keep keep himself settled and composed. Uh, he's a lot better at that this year, and he's a lot better as a passer this year. That was something that he really improved on as last season went on. Um, it's something that's really showed, or the work that showed this year. Um, the five assists to me mean more than the eight points, to be perfectly honest. Um, I I think Cole still falls into the trap a little bit of trying to do a little too much or trying to drive too deep into the paint, um, and getting caught and trapped a little bit, but overall, Anthony has made some really solid growth and solid development. Um, you know, I, I think, I do think that, you know, players on the team look up to him. You know, I know it's only a second year, but he's a, he's a great, great team guy. And, and I think he's, he's really due for a solid season. Uh, RJ Hampton, 12 points, five for 13 shooting, eight rebounds three assists. Like I said, RJ was all over the place in the first half, second half, significantly better. Second half played with a lot more composure, a lot more control. And I think, again, that's, that's the key for him. The big thing that I said uh, last year about him was it just, it felt like he was going too fast. The game was too fast and he's a fast guy. And so you can kind of, that can all kind of build up a little bit. Um, But he's, once he slows the game down, once he kind of reads a little bit and uses his speed, you know, at the right moments, he really has things figured. He can really figure things out. There's obviously a lot of potential RJ Hampton. I'm really excited to see what he's got in store this year. Um, the rookies in their home debuts, Franz Wagner, eight points, two for six shooting, made two three-pointers. Um, Jalen Suggs, four points, two for four shooting, misses two three-pointers, four assists as well. I've gotten the sense that the Magic are kind of keeping Jalen Suggs a little under wraps. Um, we saw, you know, I, I don't think he was, I don't think he's been particularly aggressive in the games Um, he's been more of a playmaker and he's a pretty solid playmaker too, but not an aggressive one. Um, fourth quarter, I think we started to see Jalen Suggs kind of peek his head a little bit. Um, we haven't really seen the Jalen Suggs we expected to see. Uh, First off, Jalen Suggs is a much better defender than we all thought. He's a much better, uh, passer than we all thought. I think, um, he's really, he's really found ways to come into his own. So I I do think Suggs is, is taking the right steps as well and 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 is perfectly fine. There's a lot of things that, that he's doing that I like. Um, but the fourth quarter, when the Magic made their comeback, that's when I think we saw Jalen Suggs, the guy we thought we were getting for the first time. Um, I thought he was really much more aggressive, much more, uh, you know, you could just get that glean in his eye that he was, he's getting ready to take over a little bit. Um, he obviously didn't score the game-winning basket. He didn't get a shot off. That's a rookie thats a rookie mistake. Um, you know, I think that the Spurs did a good job kind of forcing him into, into a bad spot, but that's a good learning lesson for him as well. Um, you know, again, I think that the Ma- I, I get the sense the magic are trying to hide him and, and keeps keep teams from having tape on him early in the season for as long as they can. Um, but um, but you know I think I think we can see just what Suggs can be and, and how Suggs can dominate once he's uh, a little bit more comfortable. and I think that's that's kind of the big thing with him. Overall, the magic shoot 46.3% from the floor that is their best field goal percentage, I believe of the preseason. They're 12 for 27 from beyond the arc. Uh, forty-four point four percent. I will note though that the Magic were under forty percent at halftime. Their offense really kind of got stuck in the mud for much of this game. A lot of that's coming in the fourth quarter. A lot of that is um, is 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 fourth quarter scoring. And in fact, I'm going to go ahead and try and pull this up here as well. Let me let me uh, get the staff for you uh, through the first three quarters. So we'll take out the the fourth quarter fun. Through the first three quarters, the Magic shot. 40.7%, just five for 18 from three. That's 27.8%. So obviously the three-point shot got them back into the game. Um, they're able to hit shots in the fourth quarter. That's what got that's what got them back into the game as well. So again, they made it looks like they made seven threes in the fourth quarter, fourth quarter. That's gonna change, that's gonna change a game for you. So, you know, I, I think we've learned a few things about the magic. We'll get into some of those coming up here in just a moment. The Spurs shoot 45.2% from the floor, 12 for 35 from beyond the arc, just five of eight from the foul line. So the magic limit their fouls. The Magic forced 18 turnovers. You know, again, Orlando defensively, 11 steals, 13 blocks. They had 17 turnovers of their own um, preseason. We'll, we'll deal with that later. Um, but the Magic do a good job kind of getting back, getting themselves back in the game and doing it the exact way they want to do it. We'll talk a little bit about the positives we're seeing from the Orlando Magic and what still needs to be worked on coming up here in just a moment. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar comes in so many and nine delicious flavors right now with a couple of special flavors that limited time flavors that you really should try as well. Um, Whether you want a fruity flavor like raspberry or savory kind of chocolatey flavor, like cookies and cream, you can find a built bar that's right for you. Not only is built bar right for you, it's also healthy for you. It's not a protein bar. That's full of calories. It's unnecessary calories. It's not a protein bar. That's essentially a fourth meal. You, should, you know, you, you can eat these as meals, but probably you, you will probably be fine just eating it as a snack, too. The macros on these are incredible. You get 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, so all the gold medals in Tokyo were powered by Built Bar. Go to Bilt.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built. part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So obviously we're now three games into the preseason. You know, one preseason game left on Wednesday. I'll be at the Amway Center for that game, my first home game of the year. Um, and we should at this point you know 9 days 10 days away from the beginning of the regular season have some idea of what to expect from this team and like i said earlier you know one of the one of the interesting things one of the exciting things uh from the game on on sunday was we got a little bit of a look at the magic strengths and weaknesses we saw what they can look like when they're playing well we saw what they what they what they'll look like when they're struggling. We'll, we saw every bit of this team, um, and, and we're you know I think there's still some some things that we're not seeing yet. Um, you know, again, I I, I do believe Jamal Mosley is is experimenting a lot with these preseason games. Um, we're not seeing full rotations, but Sunday was as close as we've gotten so far. Um, they're starting to fine tune things. They're starting to kind of look ahead to the regular season, and, and I'm not going to sit here and say the Magic must win. Boston game, I felt like they won the first Boston game. So that's, that's enough for me. Um, You just want to continue to see better performances. And, you know, I I, I say this every year during preseason, the goal is to look better with each game, to be better at the end of preseason than you were at the start. Magic had a really good game in Boston. They struggled a little bit in New Orleans. Um, Wendell Carter said, you know, one thing that we did in that game was we kind of put our heads down. That was not the case in this game. Uh, In this game, The Magic played with a lot of intensity uh, throughout. Even when they were down, they had the same energy and and the same same level of focus. Um, And that's obviously just a a huge place for this team to start. That's obviously a huge place, and a a place that this team has to count on at all times if they want to compete. The Magic have a lot of work to do. Don't get me wrong. The half-court offense especially looked, either they're not running all their stuff, or there's, there's trouble. Um, the Magic just could not get the ball moving, could not get the ball into the paint consistently, couldn't get open shots, were um, passing up open shots or passing up open lanes. You know, again, with the right mindset, trying to get better shots, but the Spurs defense was really good and they were able to scramble and contest and force the Magic into difficult shots. Um, there's a balance there, obviously, and I think Orlando is still learning that. But learning how to play with each other, learning how to play together, learning how to get good looks, it's still a challenge, and and we expected all this. Of course, none of this is news. But where the magic have really shined is with their effort, um, and, and that's going to be the start of everything. Um, seeing in the first quarter, Jalen Suggs dive on the floor, not once but twice on the same play, to get a loose ball and free up Gary Harris and get it to Gary Harris for a breakaway dunk was huge. A huge energy play. Seeing Mo Bamba chase down a fast break to block a shot off the backboard. Huge play that led directly to a Jalen Suggs layup. Wendell Carter was blocking shots as well. The Magic might be pa- might be shooting into passing lanes a little too much to my liking. I I'm, grew up on the Van Gundy stuff. I'm still a little bit conservative in that. Um, and the Magic are certainly still giving up far too many open threes and far too many rebounds. But the energy is there. The energy and the effort is there. And, and I think that's a huge focus for this team, at least in this early stage. Is play with energy will fill in the gaps, will fill in the mistakes, will fill in the principles in practice and later. Um, you know, again, that's that's going to lead to wins down the road. That's going to keep the team in games. It's going to get the team back in games when another an otherwise tired NBA teams want to let off the gas pedal and and go to the next game. That's exactly what happened in the game against the Spurs. But the one thing that is clear, the one thing that is just abundantly clear, is the Magic are going to need that defense and need that effort to keep everything. Their most successful moments of the game were when they got stops. And obviously that makes some sense, but the Magic's offense didn't work. Frankly, it, it didn't work when the Magic were unable to get stops, unable to get turnovers, unable to harass, you know, kind of harass and make San Antonio's life miserable. This team is about its defense. Like it or hate it, That's who this team is. And if preseason's about finding your identity and finding your way to play, this game showed the magic exactly how they need to play. They need to play with their defense on the gas pedal, their defense leading the way, their defense creating so many of those opportunities, so many of those chances to get out and run, to get steals, to be present. That's who this team is. That's who this team has to be if they want to be successful, if they want to be uh, the team that they want to be. Um, The Magic have work to do. No one's hiding from that. No one's saying that this team is perfect. No one's saying this team is necessarily even regular season ready. Um, You know, I think that there'll be levels of that because we understand what this season is really about. But the one thing that has to happen every night for the Magic to have any chance and the one thing that we can say, the one conclusion that I feel very, very comfortable making is the Magic have to outwork everyone. They have to be the, the, the aggressors with their energy and effort. And again, that doesn't necessarily, you can play with a lot of energy, you can play with a lot of effort and still come up short and still make a ton of mistakes. You have to have focused effort. I'm not saying just go out there, dive on the floor recklessly, go after steals recklessly. Absolutely not. But you have to have the right focus and energy to win. And the Magic have to look like they're the team playing harder almost every night. And if that happens, that's going to lead to the fast breaks. That's going to lead to the mismatches. That's going to lead to the flow, the pace, the energy, the rhythm that this team is going to need to succeed. Because they've got a lot of shortcomings. We can all see them. But this team was built to defend, their coach is focused on defense. And very, very clearly through these early preseason games, that's clearly who this team wants to be. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. you your tune in Him, like Google, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the other places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can also now find us on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe there as well. We do do some YouTube-exclusive content. Um, none this week. No pregame shows. No uh, live mailbags. But we will be back doing those. Very, very soon we'll, we'll probably have one for opening night as well. So, so keep an eye out for that. You can of course follow me on Twitter at Philip R underscore MD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at O Once again, I want to thank you all again for making us your first listen of the day or whatever number we are in your rotation. Tomorrow we'll talk a little bit more uh, about some of the Magic's players. We'll talk. Let me see what I have scheduled. Actually, let me let me give you a, let me give you a proper tease here. Um, to, on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, uh, we'll probably talk about uh, some player previews. We'll do, continue doing our player preview series. Um, I got Terrence Ross, but maybe talk talk a little bit about the rookies. Um, so a lot to get to. We'll talk about what we've seen from them so far. If you're not already listening to it, be sure to make Locked on Fantasy Basketball your second listen after Locked on Magic. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free available on all platforms. He's also on YouTube as well. That's going to do it for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic for Orlando Magic dealing and Locked on Magic. and Phil Frostman. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on Podcast ads